morning. Let's start with a game today. The name of the game is Who Am I? I'm going to give you some hints and then you guess who I'm talking about. So he had his name changed. His occupation was a fisherman. He was from Bethsaida, but he moved to Capernaum in Galilee. What people said about him was he was outgoing, eager, and bold. He was famous for being a leader in the church, having a strong testimony of Jesus Christ, and of making mistakes, but coming back even stronger. And where do we read about him? There's more written about him in the Gospels than anyone else. And his writings? Two letters. So do you know who he is? Well, his name is Peter. Yes, the Peter you remember who walked on water, the Peter who denied knowing Christ, the Peter who became the church leader after the crucifixion of of Christ, and sometimes he's called Simon Peter. Today, we're going to study two letters he wrote to the branches of the church who were going through some terrible times. Maybe you didn't know, these branches were in Babylon, or modern-day Turkey, and there was a ruler there named Nero. A colossal fire broke out at Rome and destroyed much of the city. Rumors abounded that Nero himself was responsible. He certainly took advantage of the resulting devastation of the city, building a lavish private palace on part of the site of the fire. And perhaps to divert attention from the rumors, Nero ordered that Christians should be rounded up and killed. And this was a time when Christians were thrown to the lions or torn apart by dogs or burnt alive as human torches. This began around 64 AD. And these letters written by Peter were written between 65 and 68 AD. And Peter himself was martyred in 68 AD by Nero. So Peter wrote these letters to encourage the saints in these really difficult times to remain faithful amidst terrible trials. He also wanted to correct some false teachings and encourage growth. Let's talk about our garage for a minute. It's full of tools. Apparently, We like having lots of tools. When we add to our tool collection, we don't get rid of our old tools. Tools are handy to build things, to repair things, and to loan to others. Peter spoke of different types of tools, tools that build a holy life to become more like the Savior. Unlike the tools in the garage, they are very hard to lend. These tools have to be owned and used individually. But like the tools in the garage, these tools will help us build our life and when necessary, repair our mistakes. So let's look through 2 Peter 1, 3 through 11 and see if we can identify some of these tools. So he's, in verse 4, he says, We are given exceedingly great and precious promises that we can be partakers of the divine nature. Or in other words, become Christ-like. In verse 5, 
starts out with diligence. And he said, add, you know, in all diligence, add to your faith virtue and add to your virtue knowledge. These are tools. Add to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity. Isn't that interesting? Consider that. We have everything required for life and godliness. Everything. Nothing's lacking. The toolbox is full and complete. It kind of reminds you of one of those Russian nesting dolls. Have you seen those? They're called, and I can't even say this, but they're called Martushka doll. I don't know. It's a set of hollow wooden dolls which split open into the top and bottom half to reveal another doll. And you open that, and there's a smaller one and a smaller one and a smaller one and a smaller one. And all the way at the very bottom, you end up with typically a piece of wood that's carved to look like a baby. So if you consider these tools we just talked about, or Christ-like virtues, they build on one another. If the first one, or the baby, is diligence, that diligence is required as you build faith, which is the next layer up in these dolls, which builds virtue, next layer, which builds knowledge, which invites temperance and patience, which brings us to godliness, which causes us to be kind, which develops charity, or the pure love of Christ. Do you see how important all these tools are to a divine nature? These are all spiritual tools we need to move us along the covenant path. When mistakes are made along the way, we've got the tools to make repairs. However, tools that just sit in the toolbox or that get misplaced aren't very useful, are they? And that's why Peter urged us to be diligent. Ask yourself, am I a casual Christian or am I intentional in my faith and my beliefs? Do I keep these tools active and shiny or do I let them sit and rust? According to Peter, he says, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall never be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you then, what's in your spiritual toolbox? You know, some of our tools are too big for our garage, our tractor, our bush hog. That's just a few examples. Peter teaches us about three very big tools that can help us in very big ways. Remember the saints he's writing to have huge challenges. And although we live in different times with different challenges, we also live in a time of huge challenges. So these three tools are hope, holiness, and holding on. Hope, in 1 Peter 1, he teaches that we are kept by the power of God that we may feel heaviness for a season, but that our trials be more precious than gold because of the things we learn and the way we change. 
He also teaches that the Savior will walk us through our trials. Holiness. We are taught to seek to be holy because Christ is holy. Be ye holy for I am holy. What else can you put in the place of holy? Be ye kind for I am kind. Be ye loving for I am loving. These script, the scripture says that we are a peculiar people. Look at the footnote on that word peculiar. Another word for peculiar is purchased. Who purchased us? Jesus Christ paid the price of our sins. We need to seek to be holy, to repent, and progress to be like him. Holding on, that's our third big tool. 2 Peter 2, 6-9, the Lord knoweth how to deliver. He will come to you in your story and in your need. No expense has been spared in the rescue. He's paid the price and will be there to help you stand. Hold on. You know, I'm reminded of the lyrics of the hymn, How Firm a Foundation. It says, in every condition, in sickness and health, in poverty's veil or abounding in wealth, at home or abroad, on the land or the sea, as thy days may demand, so thy succor shall be. Fear not, I am with thee, O be not dismayed, for I am thy God and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand, upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. Okay, challenge questions. High school, what's in your spiritual toolbox? Middle school, if you had a magic lamp with a genie and he could grant you three personal qualities, what would you wish for? Elementary school. Why did Peter write these two letters? And kindergarten, who wrote the letters that we studied today? Well, have a great week, everybody, and remember to follow the Savior's admonition to come follow me.